nothing much changes. They don't really like conscription because they get ordinary people who are not so, you know, psychopathic or immature having to get pushed into the ranks and they see what's going on. They object to, to useless slaughter when it's not necessary for their particular job at that time. And they might bring back stories which would upset the public and destroy that good PR image that's been created about our wonderful troops. Therefore, they prefer peacetime armies or mercenary armies. And mercenaries uh, at one time were the lowest form uh, of life on the planet. Uh, that's what the conquistadores were composed of, were sent into uh, Latin America. They were full-time mercenaries, adventurers as they call them, who lived by plunder, rape, and booty, and had no mercy on anything, even though they, it was mercenary. Uh, that's for their god. Uh, the old patron saint was Mercury, who was a patron saint of uh, soldiers, merchants, and thieves, because they're all combined together. Nothing has changed. And we're living in this big fantasy fantasy world uh, with people being entertained into their graves as never before where people on television in their famous dramas they come on every night with the same characters seem more like a family to them than anything that they have themselves in their own lives where neighbours like the Coronation Street uh, awful episode uh, that was heavily funded by the Tavistock a long time ago and still is uh, becomes more real than people in your real street and you get into the little affairs and dramas in life and they also prepare you for what's coming and how your actor is playing the roles adapt, pretending that they're you then when the real thing comes along you behave the same way as you saw your actors adapt to the same problems it's predictive programming and it's worked very very well I go to laugh at these speeches we get given to us about how free we are and the hullabaloo about being so safe. We're so wonderfully safe. I should preface this particular story by a quote from Bertrand Russell, who knew the whole agenda. He worked his whole life on this agenda for his own class. And he wrote two styles of books. One was meant for the masses and for the NGOs that followed him and who would help push his agenda through. And another one, another set of books for his own particular aristocratic noble class. The latter are very, very expensive books, not meant to be read by commoners, where he outlined the plans quite succinctly. And there was a book he called Marriage and Morals, and chapter 18, the title is, of that chapter is eugenics. And it says here, this is what he says. He says, religion has existed since before the dawn of history, while science has existed for most four centuries. But when science has become old and venerable, it will control our lives as much as religion has ever done. I foresee the time when all who care for the freedom of the human spirit will have to rebel against a scientific tyranny. And here's the little adage at the end, though, that negates what I just told you. Nevertheless, if there is to be a tyranny, it is better that it should be scientific. 
And that really says it all because we're, we're under it. So much so that Joe Average is a product of it. Their mind and what they think, their perceptions, the conglomeration of their perceptions all working together, the, the fantasy world they live in is the outcome of it. So to tell we're, as we're freer and freer and freer, as we watch guys with machine guns walk around subways and brass for ID cards and all the rest of it, and we're told we're going to get a chip to be even more free. Uh, this is from the Daily Mail, January 2008. State spying that would make the Stasi proud by Edward Heathcote Amory, a triple-barreled name, which they seem to love in England. When it was passed into law, the Regulation of Investigatory Powers Act, the IPA, sounded a pretty innocuous piece of legislation, but in truth it represented a significant victory for the busybody state over our ancient liberties. Now, even though I'm talking about Britain, remember, it's worldwide. It's the same system worldwide, same guys running it. Labour claimed it was responding to demands from civil liberty campaigners for more control over state snooping. But it soon became clear that the legislation which Jack Straw, then Home Secretary, was introducing would have the opposite effect, massively expanding the ability of the public sector to pry into private lives. The Act, which has been quietly amended several times, very quietly I'm sure, each time handing more powers to the public sector, supposedly, now gives an unprecedented range of state agencies the right to listen to our phone conversations, tap our mails, and open our post. That's your mail, that's your paper mail. In the last nine months of 2006, 960 new applications for the right to peer into the private lives of Britons were made every day. It's a level of government surveillance that would make even the Stasi, which is the former East German secret police, renowned as the world's most effective intelligence agency, proud. There are three different types of surveillance the first, interception of communications, listening in while people are on the phone or watching what we do on the Internet is the most difficult to justify. But the grounds for interception are so wide as to allow most requests to be approved, as well as the more predictable excuse of national security. They include safeguarding the economic well-being of the UK. See, they want to monitor all your purchases. That's where you're going cashless. The police, the security services and customs can all use this technique, but they need authorization from the Home Secretary herself or, in urgent cases, get temporary permission from one of her senior officials. The second type is surveillance, old-fashioned spying. The list of possible justifications for this is absurdly long, including to prevent and detect crime or prevent disorder, public safety, public health, to assess or collect any tax, duty, levy, or other charge payable to a government department. Just about any of us could be under surveillance using one of this list. Most worryingly, a long list of government agencies, including 474 councils, <laughs> can put us under the spotlight. Senior officials in each one can simply give the go-ahead and apply for a rubber stamp to be given later by the interception commissioner. You've got an interception commissioner. Doesn't it sound wonderful? There's something about like Star Trek. This commissioner, former Judge Sir Paul Kennedy, with a team of five inspectors, is 
supposed to check to make sure that all the bugging and spying waved through the, the Home Secretary or others has been justified. This report this week identifies more than 1,000 cases over nine months where he found that the rules had been broken. Well, gee whiz. This type of surveillance is the most common access to communications data. It includes discovering the identities of who we phone and which Internet sites we visit. This information is even easier for public authorities to obtain with relatively junior officials able to authorize it. Later, as in the case of surveillance, justification for needing this information is considered by overworked bureaucrats accountable to the Interception Commissioner. By the time his staff gets around to looking at the paperwork, the trading standards officers down at Town Hall, for example, may have been peering at your phone and Internet records for more than a year. <laughs> There's a tribunal to which you can complain, but since virtually no one under surveillance will know they're being watched, the tribunal, the tribunal isn't very busy <laughs> and it's virtually never found in favor of a complainant. Well, that's right, there are no complaints departments. How did the government get away with this? Well, the Lords, that's, that's the British Senate, the Lords did make a fuss at the time. Tory peer, Lord Northesk, said it sanctioned mass domestic surveillance measures. So there you go. I mean, this is what's happening in Britain and all the British Commonwealth countries, all the way to Australia and New Zealand and Canada. But it's also happening in the States because, you see, the MI6 is completely integrated with the CIA and has been for an awful, awful long time. In fact, the British system set up the CIA. Uh, that's the basic facts. Do your homework and your history as well documented. Uh, we're under a totalitarian world regime. Planned that way, it took years to plan it long before 9-11. And if you go into the old newspaper records like the Toronto Sun or Star, you'll find that in the mid-90s, uh, it was made law that all communications devices, phones, faxes, everything, had to have chips installed within them, which would allow certain government agencies the right to access those, including your computer, mid-90s, long before 9-11 happened. 9-11 was just uh, the big push for the whole works. That's what that was. Now we have, I think it's Mohammed in Nevada. Are you there? Hello, Mohammed. Uh, Alan, and uh, thank you. Uh, how are you today, tonight? Not so bad. Kind of tired, but I'm okay. I, I, you know, uh, we are addicted to your shows. It's much better than the TV because the, our TV is just pretty much is closed off. I mean, we barely watch the TV at all. We we monitor your, uh, you know, radio stations, and uh, you know, we are so happy with you. whatever you say. It it comes from your heart, and then it it sets on our heart of your listeners. And I want to uh, have a comment, uh, and I have a question, uh, if it's possible. Uh, my comment is uh, regarding that new passport that in uh, Canada is going to be implemented that has no picture. I mean, I never heard of that. I mean, the, the, instead, uh, once you go through the, you know, airport or anywhere, they put a laser, and then they see your photo. I mean, it's a ghost. They call it a ghost uh, photo uh, on your passport. 
in Canada. And then you have to have take somebody else with you to sign something that, yes, this is you. Really, this is you that you are applying for passport. And uh, uh, my question is, is what, is, what do you see about this three continent, continent that the Internet services were down? Uh, wait, what is your opinion about that, please? Yeah, hold on and we'll go, we'll talk about this after this break. Sure, sure. Six feet four He fights with missiles And with spears He's all of Thirty-one And he's only seventeen He's been a soldier For a thousand years He's a Catholic A Hindu An atheist A Jain A Buddhist And a Baptist And a Jew And he knows He shouldn't kill And he knows he always will Kill you for me, my friend, and me for you And he's fighting for Canada He's fighting for France He's fighting for the USA And he's fighting for the Russians And he's fighting for Japan And he thinks we'll put an end to war this way And he's fighting for democracy, he's fighting for the Reds He says it's for the peace of all He's the one who must decide who's to live and who's to die And he never sees the writing on the wall But without him, how would Hitler have condemned him at Laval? Without him, Caesar would have stood alone He's the one who gives his body as a weapon of the war And without him, all this killing can't go on He's the universal soldier and he really is to blame His orders come from far away no more They come from here and there and you and me And brothers, can't you see This is not the way we put the end Hi, I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. And ain't that the truth, that last song? It's funny how wars are run by very old men who sit in big ivory towers and their very expensive suits and seem to benefit from these wars immensely financially and increase their own powers. Well, they train the populations that go off to fight. There's always a different agenda. They give them different propaganda. And the people who are involved at the fighting at the bottom never wisen up to this when they go home to basically nothing. That's the history of the world. Now, we're talking to Mohammed, and I think I've dropped the line, actually, on him. And uh, he was asking a question about this new passport Well, I do know that the passport that Canada is using is the same one as Britain. And in the chip, 
they have uh, the ability there to have a photograph. So they don't have to have one, a paper one, uh, under some sort of cellophane on the passport itself. They can have your, your computer ID print inside the chip itself. And they also have a voice print capability on that chip as well, where you'll speak into it. Uh, thumbprints and all the others, iris scan, etc., all embedded in the chip itself. And uh, this is supposed to make it more foolproof and tamper-proof, etc., which is a lot of nonsense because someone will very quickly come out with some, some way of getting around that. That's just the way it is in, in science. As far as the Internet going down in, in some places, I, I wasn't really aware of that. Um, I do know that over the last, oh, 10 years, the main phone-carrying companies uh, were the first to start moving all their facilities, all their trunk-type lines together through central systems to enable uh, security to monitor all the calls much more efficiently. And I believe all the big servers are doing the same things. And you often have problems with the Internet while they're, they're, they're bringing these serving systems closer and closer through the one main trunk type system to make it easier for the world's surveillance society to, to monitor us all and keep themselves very safe at the top. They won't be safe till, till we're very predictable, every single one of us, and that's what safety is to those at the top. When the domesticated animals uh, literally are completely domesticated and have no minds of their own, then the elite will be feel perfectly safe for the first time. Up until now, it's done through smoke and mirrors and a false training that you get to, to give you a false perception of your world. You're, you're brought up uh, singing national anthems to a country which gives you a whole image of a fake past and how you're all in it together and how wonderful it all is. And every country is brought up the same way. Because what changes the technique when it works so well? The formula is there. And it's hard to break out of that conditioning once it's been installed within you, especially when most of your own history has been eradicated and the Hollywood one has substituted for it in the last 50 years or so. Now we have, uh, we have I think, Jim in Texas on the line. Hello? Hello? Hello, yes. Yes, Alan, I uh, had a question for you. I was wondering if you thought they still had the uh, the whole alien agenda, if that was still on the table for them. Because mm -hmm. I noticed we've, they've had some big sightings in Texas. And gets a lot of news play. Uh, yeah. A couple of the mainstream news, they talk about it and bring experts on it. I don't know if they're just trying to, you know, put some fluff out there, if they're actually, you know, having some trial balloons. Uh, I know that they always try to start floating them again when it comes near some major event. And because of all the, the stuff they hyped up to do with the Phoenix Lights, and since the, the, rose, the, big, uh, the big game is at uh, Phoenix this year, uh, that they'll probably float a lot of uh, craft across from Area 51, no doubt, where they make them, right. and uh, float them across the crowds just to, uh, you know, terrify the public or whatever. But to be honest with you, the... Um, that, that the UFO phenomena kind of peaked uh, in the mid-70s, early 80s. Uh, that's when you had massive movements of uh, people who were into ufology as a, a form of religion. 
And I was amazed myself to watch a documentary, a movie actually on it, where you saw thousands of people coming from all over the world and going to these special places uh, that they'd created for the ufologists to go, wearing all their badges and all their gear uh, and little UFO badges and so on, and buying paraphernalia to do with UFOs. So that, that, that phase seems to have you know, sputtered out a bit as the new age. Uh, see, they don't do one thing at a time. They were trying the, uf- the ufology idea to fool the public. Uh, and they were also using uh, the new age movement as well as a form of taking over the minds of the people. I think, personally, the new age has been more successful where they've created uh, alternate realities for the public, getting them ready for the ultimate alternate reality which is to all be one inside a computer type of, of a generated system. Yeah, um, and that's working pretty good. I know a lot of guys that play video games uh, probably eight hours a day. Uh, probably do 24 hours a day if they could. Yeah, they would be plugged in constantly, yeah. And then that, seems that, that could work pretty good without too much hassle. Yeah. I've even seen they had a pill they're working on now that can make you temporarily autistic. So, uh, yeah. I guess when people get stressed out, they can just pop some pills and, uh, you know, jump onto the video game or something. That's right. As I say, uh, as far as UFOs go, I wouldn't worry about it. They make them here. They've made them here for quite some time. Oh, yeah. I, I believe that. And even there's even a bad side of me that uh, thought, you know, even if they put the UFO thing, at least that'd be cooler than uh, some of their other options. You know, yes, it would be. Yeah. Unless you get a show, but I know yeah. that ain't right, but... That's the way it is, but uh, I appreciate it, Al. Thanks for calling. Uh, yeah, I'm good now. You too. Now we've got Paul in, I think it's New York City, is it? Oh, Niagara Paul? Falls, out. Niagara Falls, Niagara Falls. Okay. Right yeah, off quick from you. Yeah, yeah. How, how you doing? Not so bad. Do you want to hang on till after the break? Yeah, no problem. Okay. We'll be back after the following messages. I'm Ron Paul, and you're listening to We the People Radio Network. Hi, folks. Alan Watt back, running through the Matrix. At all, because this whole agenda, this new world order agenda, simply can't go on. If it does, that's the end of humanity as we know it in every respect genetically, mentally, physically, everything. Everything is to be altered in the brave new world where the gods have decided a long time ago they were going to rebuild everything in their own image and that everything that was built already was simply imperfectly made. And so the big builders that they are, and the big architects that they are, uh, they'd redo it all the way, and, and, and fix all the defects in nature. 
and they're well on their way. All you have to do is convince the public that's in their best interests. And that's beautiful, really, because the big shepherds at the top are the wolves in sheep's clothing, and their job is to convince the sheep that the direction of the shepherds and the sheep lay in the same direction. Works very well, doesn't it? And we're talking to Paul from Niagara Falls area. Hello, Paul, you still there? Yeah, how you doing, Alan? Not so bad. Big fan. Hey, a quick uh, chemtrail update. Um, it's over at my brother's a couple weeks ago, and he's half awake. I've talked with him about chemtrails, and he's seen them. And uh, I went over there, and he goes, he's all excited. He watched the show, and he'd figured it out. It was a uh, PBS Nova program, yeah. NOVA, the science program they have. Uh-huh. And uh, the scientists had told them uh, that it was from pollution from China. Was <laughs> why these chemtrails were happening. Yes. So that's what the that's what they're pushing. I went up to their website, tried to find the show, but I I couldn't find it. No. Yeah, he, he was all excited about it, and I just shook my head. You know, he watches too much TV. Well, if it's on TV, it must be true. Yeah, it must be. Must be. He's got a big the, one, too. Uh, well, I guess the bigger the TV, the, the more true it must be, too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you get a different story on a cheaper version. Yeah. It could be. You never know, right? Yeah, but so I, do, I do know that to anyone who uh, writes or complains to the military in any country now is getting the same standard response where they, they, they tell you you're mistaken. It's condensation trails. Then they go into the the, the little primary school, uh, little grade school method of telling you what a condensation trail is and how it's formed, etc., uh, etc. Et but those with memory can remember what condensation trails were like. And they well, said the atmosphere is different now because of Chinese yeah. pollution. Oh, it's Chinese pollution. Oh, yeah, it's just a, an awful mess. And I guess that's Chinese planes that are coming over here spraying us, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah must, maybe they are. Maybe they're built in China, made in China, which means they might not last long. There could be hope there yet. Yeah. Hey, uh, have you heard this uh, Benjamin Fulford story? He's from Japan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? Uh, uh, not a lot, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what amazed me, uh, someone had sent a link, and I... I heard this sort of interview with the old Rockefeller, and at the end, though, he says he said to his audience, he, he said, um, he said, uh, this character, like Rockefeller and his kind, are suppressing technologies that could make us live for for hundreds of years, and, and all this kind of stuff, and and we should have it. That was his main thrust that we should all have it. All these hidden technologies. That that seemed to be his main beef. Uh, about it all, uh, not because not that the Rockefeller was running the world with his, his foundations and all other foundations in league with each other, but this, keeping all this technology from the public. So uh, that was. Uh, could you turn your volume down? I'm getting a feedback here, an echo. And uh, oh, someone is. Oh, maybe we're getting intercepted. Yeah, there you go. But, it, but anyway. It's the Chinese doing it. It's those, those cheap sets they're selling us. But, but the thing is, um, 
yeah, that was his main thrust. And I thought, well, if you, if you thought this whole problem out, the reason the elite are keeping the technologies to themselves is because, uh, which would be true enough, uh, if they gave us all extended lives uh, and so on, and maybe we would become overpopulated. And then you're into a new problem is who has the right to breed, who doesn't. Uh, and so you've got a whole new bunch of problems to deal with. So I didn't understand where he was going with that at all. He uh, mentioned that uh, some 9-11 uh, films have been shown on uh, primetime TV over there. And also uh-huh. that the uh, Japanese uh, diet uh, opposition is questioning the... Uh, some of the uh, other leaders of the diet about 9-11, even showing clips of Building 7 coming down, stuff like that. I mean, is this 9-11 supposed to come out? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's meant to come out. It was a world performance. Uh, That's why it was done in such a dramatic form, and they picked those particular towers, the Jackin and Boaz, the old man and woman of the old uh, system, and they'll bring out the new one, much bigger, better, uh, and no, maybe... but I mean, the, the idea that they did it, is that supposed to come out? Um, I, I think they're not really caring about that, because again, see, if you, if you follow history, and especially military strategy, and this is taught in all higher military schools for officer training, uh, they tell you that no matter what excuse they use to start a war for an agenda... Um, once, once the, the, the public clue in that there was lies told and propaganda given to them or whatever, complete deception, it doesn't matter because by then they're already in the countries that they plan to invade. That's a standard technique. And so no future government, regardless if it's an opposition government, will then pull the troops out of that country because they'll claim it will, will destabilize them. So they don't, they, they don't care that the truth eventually comes out, to be honest with you. Hmm. It's fulfilled its objective. So far, oh, yeah. there's a backlash against this. You know, there's a lot of people waking up because of people like you. Yes, and, and it's the backlashes that they're, they're trying to prepare, uh, and they have, even before they brought down or, or created 9-11, uh, they've been building internal armies and security forces, all to do with what happens as they steamroll ahead after the event, See, the, more, the most important things that are happening are happening after the event because the event was necessary to bring in a, a global society with a, under a total surveillance system for every individual. That was the main purpose of this whole agenda of 9-11. But so so they're, re- they're ready for the backlash. Yeah. With you and all these movies, I mean, people, yeah. are, people are up in arms. So it's, you know, a good percentage of people waking up. Uh, they better wake up and not just not just get stuck on the event itself. Take it for granted. Once you understand that, you take it for granted. That was the the detonation point for this whole agenda. But they've got to start realizing as they're, they're looking at the past all the time. They've got to realize they're losing their freedoms on a daily basis. And even if one day the elite were to stand up and say, yeah, we took down the whole thing, we planned 9-11, by that time you have no rights left, no freedoms anyway. So you've got to fight everything that's happening. Uh, It's like a war going on in a battlefield. The general doesn't stop to see the casualties over to his left or his right. He, He looks on the main part where they have to go next. And that's what we have to do as well, because we're losing everything in the process after 9-11, but 9-11 is a good starting point to at least understand this was planned, 
And, and what is the plan? It's not just the bringing down of buildings, the declaring of martial law. It's to bring in a pre-planned scientific uh, surveillance system on every individual on the planet. We have to fight all of it. That's what we have to fight. Well, I want to tell everybody it's a very good move to turn off that TV. Yes, it is. It's, it's an incredible tool. It's the best tool they ever came up with. And uh, look at the speed of the dumbing down process. In fact, since they gave us television, it literally has destroyed conversation, not just between neighbors and people, but between uh, families themselves. Yeah, best thing anybody can do for themselves is turn off that boob tube. Yes. Don't yeah. even watch it for the news. I, you know, I watch the weather before I go to work. That's about it. Yes. Uh -huh. you know? Well, you know, you know, in Britain and in other countries, too, the same with the U.S., when they started bringing television sets into bars and taverns, uh, that was mandated from the top in Britain because... The, the pubs in Britain and the British Commonwealth countries used to be where the public met, and that's where all the debating went on, was in these places. All conversations, all exchange of information went on, and they brought the television in to destroy uh, people talking to each other and passing on information. we are back with more after these messages. Demand. This is We the People Radio Network.
frame it like, you know, how they're trying to do people in, but people's survival instinct is so low. Do you have any suggestions for once in a while when when you make a tear in people's belief systems like that, how, how to follow yeah. through it? I'll take it off the air, please. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. You've got to go, you've got to then literally appeal to the reason of their humanity itself. You're going beyond beliefs into what affects them all as people, as caring, functioning people. In fact, you have to bring it up and actually ask them, are they really caring at all? And do they care just about themselves and their own little space and their blip, this little blip of life that they have? Or if they're truly caring, should be caring about the next generation and the next and the next. And should also care about all those that went before and did their share of suffering to, to bring them to, to, this, to, to the state that they're in today. They should really look at all their ancestry, all those who have gone before, uh, who have suffered to, so that they could live. And if they're so selfish with their own little world where everything revolves around them, it's the end of it. I don't think that that was in the minds of our predecessors or our ancestors. Uh, it's like the American Indians way, where whenever they changed anything to do with a forest or whatever, they would sit and debate it and, and ask, would this affect people even five generations down the road? That's when you're in touch with things, in tune with things, in tune with the flow of life. People today have been cut off from, from the past and they, they don't care about the future. They've been taught to be egocentric. So you must bypass that and appeal to their humanity and you, you do it through reason and, and uh, bring out the compassion that's lying latent within them. It's the only way to get through to them. Now, I, I think we'll go to Jeff from Iowa. Are you there, Jeff? Yes, I am. Hello, Alan. How are you doing? Not so bad. Good. Just a, a couple of things real quick. Um, on the gentleman that called about the little accidental school thing, I'm, I'm pretty sure that wasn't accidental because just after the the big school thing out in the college where they shot 30 or 33 died, I received a test call. I didn't take it, fortunately, for the security guy that called, but it was done live like it was active until a question was asked, and that was, oh, this is just a, a test. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was, and it really terrified the person that answered the phone. It's like, my God, what's going on? You know? Yes, and I can understand that. that. Was, and that yeah. was a college, so. Um, and um, in, I couldn't find the book. I don't know where I put it, but in, in Joxy Lowell's book, he mentioned chemical and biological a few times. But there's there's always a paragraph somewhere in his book that just floors you, and he specifically goes into a few things. And he mentions chemical, biological, he mentions lobotomies, and then he mentions specifically a thalamotomy. So I looked up the thalamus, and it's kind of like a communication node between certain areas of the brain. Yeah. The way I understand it. So it kind of appears like instead of destroying huge areas of the brain, they just cut a few of the telephone lines, so to speak. That's pretty well it. Yeah, the thalamus, the, 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 the hypothalamus, and the mid, mid, midbrain, the pons barola, and so on. And, and these, they understand all of this perfectly. You see, they've been, they've been, they've been probing people's brains for donkey's years, a hundred years, even from the Tavistock Institute onwards. And, and they know every part of that brain. And then other guys um, were working for the United Nations on ways to lobotomize specific parts of that brain by using chemical lobotomies 
or using bacterial or viral lobotomies. And that brings to mind the whole idea with inoculation because it goes right to the baby's brain. That's where the inflammation is, it's in the head. And wherever you get inflammation, you have cells dying off. Uh, that's, that's standard in all inflammation. And it's lowering the IQ. This is done deliberately, and I have no doubt about that whatsoever. You don't want an intelligent public uh, existing when you're taking them through the biggest change to their detriment. You don't want that happening, so you must dumb them down in the process. And we have been under attack for about 100 years with various methods, all targeting our brains. Yeah, it's amazing when you look into food additives and the sweeteners and just all of those things. You do find a common thread, most of them. Yeah. And I don't know how they found things that attack all three areas, but a lot of them do. They attack yeah. the brain, the, the uh, reproductive system, yeah. and the immune system. It's a very common thread in all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. once you dig into that, it's kind of amazing that there's not bodies all over the street as much of this stuff as you're getting pumped into you. That's right. But what we do have, though, is, is, is an, incre- an incredibly sick society, physically sick, uh, like never before, with no energy, um, a whole host of problems that used to be termed aging problems, and now you have juvenile arthritis, for instance, and stuff like this, which is affecting uh, uh, so many people. It's becoming common. And autism, there's a big blitz now with the big drug companies to put out counter-propaganda to tell you that mercury is all right in the vaccines and it's having no effect. It's a propaganda war. Yeah. Yeah, and I even even asked my doctor, and he said, no, mercury's no problem in vaccines. And I'm like, good grief. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Well, thanks thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. I'll I'll try to get the next one. And we've got Jeff from Iowa there. You there, Jeff? Hello? Hello? Or is that the last one gone? Well, it's, it's come up to the time anyway, but... But, yeah, even, even Bertrand Russell talked about the use of, of ways of dumbing them down. Even in the Soviet Union, he was referring to where they would use the needle, as he called it, to attack the brain. Well, it wasn't just in the Soviet Union. This was being done uh, all across the Western world. And if we go into the, the health of the public uh, with crippling diseases, etc., uh, that hit us, especially from the 50s onwards, it, it's astronomical, it's astounding. I don't think there's anybody today who doesn't have allergies, for instance. Allergies and various forms of arthritis, early arthritis that sets in. And these are autoimmune problems. When you have arthritis, especially the rheumatic type arthritis, something has been introduced into your body which then is attacking your joints. And they claim to to say that they don't know what it is except your own white uh, blood uh, 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 cells are, uh, the leukocytes are attacking something or appear to be attacking something. And they claim there's nothing there. It's just your white coat gone crazy, gone haywire. It's at war with, uh, with everything and there's no reason for it to be. Well, your system doesn't go at war with things unless there's something in it to go to war with. And that's the basic truth of it all. And we have been under attack. The whole idea with some of the third world countries was to bring them down quickly in population reduction because they were too poor, no one cares about them, they have no voice, no power to stand up and get noticed. But with the West, they'd have to take it down slowly because people would catch on that there was something vastly wrong 
and they would, they would have uh, counter um, uh, groups starting up to fight this. And so they said they'd have to be very, very careful and covert about it and bring us down with crippling diseases, uh, more so than, than just sudden lethal diseases. And that's why you had the, the chronic uh, fatigue syndromes, uh, Epstein-Barr virus, all these different things all came out at the same time. And sure enough, uh, people don't get married. They're, they're poor partners for marriage if they're uh, living in, with constant fatigue and they can hardly move. Uh, that pushes you out of, the, of action, out of the race for reproduction. That's all done deliberately. And then if we take all the, the venereal diseases that were spread and introduced, and it's sterilizing, it's mainly women attacking their ovaries. Nothing happens by chance. Now, from Hamish and myself up in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>